Dan Dickow, Gonzaga Nation SI. What a college basketball season 2022-23 has been. Wrapped up last night with UConn winning their fifth title uh, over San Diego State, the Aztecs, out of the Mountain West. Uh, I did think that UConn was going to win. I did not think they were going to jump out to the lead that they did early in the game. And so, you know, it really put San Diego State back on their heels. They couldn't score very well in the first half. Um, so UConn jumps out to that big lead. Uh, San Diego State then has to try to press in on the offensive end, play a little faster than they're used to, um, which did not help. Um, so they were down double di- double figures early. But you got to give San Diego State a ton of credit. They fought back. They cut it to five midway through that second half, made things interesting for a little bit. And then too many big plays from UConn, uh, too much uh, struggles on the offensive end for San Diego State to be able to overcome that deficit and win a national title. But fifth title for UConn, I think that puts them in a discussion uh, and cements them as a blue blood, to be honest with you, alongside Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, now North Carolina, um, because you're talking five national titles. You know, Indiana's got national titles. They're talked about as a blue blood, um, but they haven't been relevant, at least at that level nationally, in quite some time. Yeah, they they had a good season, but um, not to the extent of winning titles. So congrats to UConn uh, in regards to San Diego State, a heck of a season, um, but just was undone um, in, in the title game by their lack of offensive firepower now they've got good offensive players who can score in bunches but they have long droughts where they struggle to score they only shot 32 percent from the field on the night six of 23 from beyond the three-point line that's going to be hard to beat a really good UConn team um, in a game like this but Matt Bradley finishes off a nice career started at Cal transferred to San Diego State found a home I mean he, he was really good didn't score it as much this year as he did a season ago, but I think that's because the team was more balanced. He struggled last night, eight points, only two of nine from the field. But uh, Trammell and Butler in the backcourt both played well with 13 points. Keisha Johnson led them in scoring with 14 points uh, in the loss. But, you know, their defense is what allowed them to climb back into that game in that second half. Uh, but to stop and slow down UConn on their offensive attack, takes quite a bit of work because UConn uh, was number three offensive efficiency going into this game. And they looked the part, especially early, you know, they shot uh, mid forties from the field, which against a good San Diego state team is hard to do. Uh, they scored it from the inside with Sonogo. Klingon had a, some nice stretches. They scored it from the perimeter with Newton and Hawkins uh, and then Andre Jackson just kind of facilitating everything out there. But um, you know, I think they also did a nice job of, of, getting to the free throw line and taking advantage where they were 24 of 27 from the free throw line, you know, UConn's uh, Newton, 19 points, 10 rebounds, four assists. We didn't, I didn't talk much about him in the, in the couple games leading up, but he was tremendous. Uh, Hawkins, 16 points, Sonogo, 17 points, 10 rebounds in the win. Um, You know, this does lead now to the next discussions that we're going to be having throughout the off season here on Gonzaga nation SI the experience and the depth of a team like San Diego State um, with their ability to keep guys in a program. You're talking about guys, Nathan Mensa there for five years, Adam Seiko there for six years with the COVID year. Um, Lamont Butler has been there for three. Matt Bradley transferred in, but then he's been there for a while. Uh, Agueca Rope was there for quite some time. They had guys that were entrenched in their system um, versus now talented teams 
like UConn. Now, Danny Hurley has done a tremendous job of getting those guys to buy in, staying the, the course. And now in his fifth year, they've reached the promised land of a national title. But now that they're at that level and they can recruit those high level guys, are those guys going to leave early for the NBA? Is Sonogo gone? Is Hawkins gone? Is Klingon gone? A freshman who, you know, wasn't overly heralded coming in is he going to be gone so there's a new dynamic in college sports that i think uh, college basketball is going to be fascinating to watch play out in this offseason with the transfer portal um you know that extra fifth year covid this upcoming year really should be the last year where it has much of an impact on college basketball so to be able to balance the transfer portal of guys that need a fresh break versus as well as guys that want to use that extra fifth covid year um, and then how to manage the NIL. Now, coaches and staffs can't be directly involved in NIL. They can't facilitate. They can't negotiate. Um, but they're, you're darn, they're darn sure kept in the loop of what's going on with NIL. And they're able to, uh, you know, be aware of it. So um, it's going to make for some interesting uh, stretches here in the offseason. I mean, there's already a number of names in the in the portal that are going to be interesting. Uh, there's over 1,200 players in the portal right now. Not all those players are going to find a, a home. Some are going to transfer down a level. Some are going to transfer up a conference. Some are flat out, unfortunately, not going to find a home, and they'll be done with their college basketball career. But you've got some big-time names already in there. Uh, Randall, we'll, we'll touch a little more on the Gonzaga players, Dominic Harris and Hunter Salas, who were in there. Um, but you're, you're going to see a lot of guys uh, that were in these – last two weekends of the regular season in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight and maybe in the Final Four, throw their name in the transfer portal. Uh, Max Aismas from Oral Roberts, LJ Cryer uh, from Baylor are two names that quickly come to mind that uh, are going to probably draw a ton of interest, at least in regards to, to backcourt opportunities for teams to strengthen uh, their attack. But then you look at the, 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 the big picture of teams at the college level next year, you know, how does Duke, how does Kentucky, how does Kansas, how does Texas, um, how do these schools handle the NIL? They had nice years, all made the tournament, uh, all could have maybe gone further outside of maybe Texas. I thought, you know, Texas being in Elite Eight um, kind of maximized their opportunities. But, you know, Duke under under John Shire in year one had a nice year. It took them a while to get going, but once they got going and were healthy, they were good. Kentucky, up and down. Coach Cal, there's been some some hot seat rumors there, but I can't imagine that's absolutely true. I think that's just internet frustration by people that don't have to put their face and name out there. Um, Kansas with Bill Self, you know, he wasn't able to coach in the Big 12 tournament as well as the NCAA tournament due to health issues. Is he going to be okay to keep leading that Kansas Jayhawk program? Uh, and then you got the questions of Baylor. You guys like LJ Cryer transferring out. What do they do? San Diego State, now that they've been in a Final Four, does that change their recruiting opportunities? UCLA, um, they lost a big-time player in Jaime Jaquez. Um, Tiger Campbell could come back with a fifth year, but does he? Uh, does Adem Bona leave for the NBA? Where does that leave them? Arizona, we've already seen Kirk Creasa, starting point guard, leading assist man in the Pac-12, leave into the transfer portal. Um, how, how do they replace his production? You know, you're seeing the emergence of the Big East. I mean, I think the Big East is going to definitely have the opportunity to unseat the Big 12 next year as the best basketball conference in the country if they didn't show it towards the end of this year. So lots of awesome storylines to follow in this offseason. We will keep you up to date 
on as many of those as possible, obviously with a focus uh, on Gonzaga and, and how things impact them. But we'll be back with you really soon uh, on transfer portal updates and news in regards to anything related to the Gonzaga players that have entered the portal, as well as players that are in the portal that Gonzaga might be considering or have already committed to Gonzaga. So for Gonzaga Nation SI, hopefully you had enjoyed a great 2022-23 college basketball season.